Good morning. Welcome to Crime Talk BK. We're your hosts, Joanna Perpich and Megan Duffy, coming to you from quarantine land in um, Brooklyn. Uh, however, by the time this podcast airs, I will be in Louisiana. It will be Memorial Weekend. Very special friend of the show, Ashton Baker, and I are going to go on a 20-hour road trip to visit family. Anyway, you have any big plans for next week? No. Uh, we're filing a complaint at work, so I'm going to be busy probably over the weekend. Uh, I might take a day off. I know it seems frivolous, but I like having an extra day to just, you know, fuck around my house and move around furniture. And I've got uh, chat cheese and artwork I want to put up on the walls in the living room. And my new TV stand is arriving tomorrow. Very excited. That's exciting. Very exciting. Um, Yeah. And then I'm supposed to also go to my sister's house because she, in the middle of all of this craziness, has sold her apartment. That's crazy. I'm glad she sold it, though. Yeah, well, I mean, it could still fall through because the the buyers are complete fucking dicks. But... Uh, at this point, we're gonna go on her timeline, mm-hmm. and I'm supposed to I'm supposed to go over and pick up some of the stuff that I wanted out of her house because she's moving back to Minneapolis. Yeah. So there's that. Probably Sunday. No and, more uh, babysitting the cat in their little stroller. No, that <laughs> that stops like March four fifth. Because <laughs> yeah, because of the COVID. Excuse me. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, so that's what I'm going to do, and hopefully if it's nice out in some of the mornings, I'll go to the beach in the mornings like I have been. Um, sounds nice. Yeah. You see that uh, everyone's trying to uh, reopen New York's beaches. I know. That's better. <laughs> I was just looking at your forehead. <laughs> oh, you were? <laughs> I don't want to say anything. It's fine. Um, that's fine. Yeah, I yeah were, because... I, I worry about Coney Island because I love Coney Island. It's my it's my local. Um, I, I heard that uh, my friend my favorite place, Ruby's Bar and Grill, is open for takeout and to go drinks, which I want to go to. But everybody's an asshole generally in my mind. So if I don't want to, I don't want to. I want to support them, but I don't want to get down there and it'll be packed. You know. Oh, um, the bar that we live near, Booby Trap. Uh, had a ton of people just standing outside on the sidewalk drinking on Friday. Yeah. Coronavirus is still going on. Although I get it, like, I'm over I'm over it, everyone's over it, but also, like, don't stand on the sidewalk drinking with, like, 20 other Bushwick people. It's the same thing. Same yeah. thing as it's, being inside. Generally. Not social distancing. No. Anyway. Also, also cutting a hole in your mask for the straw kind of defeats the purpose for wearing the mask. Just saying. They were flipping the mask up. and. <laughs> but did you see that one woman who cut like a little like horizontal square so that she could breathe better? Yeah. 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 So anyway. Anyway. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing. And uh, so I'm basically in the middle of redecorating room by room. I'm excited. Maybe two years from now when coronavirus is no longer a thing, I can come back, come over again and yeah. <laughs> look at your apartment. I'll send you pictures. It'll be on like renovation three by then, I'm sure. We all have to stay indoors for... I mean, I just keep moving furniture. Fresher, newer look. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of looking forward to going back home, but then at the same time, I'm just like, I don't know what I'm going to do to myself. I'm going to like go to Lowe's and like buy random plants that are going to be dead after two months and just I'm, like I want to go to Lowe's so badly I need paint touch-ups because I took artwork off the wall and paint ketchup touch-up like I need ketchup. A, I need I need pints or quarts of paint to touch up the walls 
I really liked it when I thought it was paint ketchup. I'm paint like, ketchup. That's different. Yep. Like, and, and I acid that one. and electric lavender. Yeah. Uh, these three M strips that weren't supposed to do anything to the paint took off the paint. Yeah, they always do. Yeah. So I have to find new things to hang over those spots because I can't uh, get to Lowe's to buy the paint. And they won't do they won't do special mixing for delivery. They only do like white. That's stupid. Currently, yes. Considering I I know exactly what I need because I still have the paint original paint chips. Yeah. Anyway, we should better get cracking. I suppose. There's Flo. Hi. Hi, Flo. Okay. We have a cat bombing on the podcast right now. I know. They're still very so confused we... about the furniture moving. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Okay. So, today we're going to talk about Ahmaud Arbery and other horrific bullshit that's been happening in uh, what I, we usually like to call a potpourri episode. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, as most of the world knows, back on February 23rd, Mr. Arbery went out for a jog in the coastal city of Brunswick, Georgia. Uh, It's in the middle of the afternoon, um, and he jogged through what's known as Satilla Shores Neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And he lived across from this neighborhood, so it's he's basically, you know, like running the same lap that any person would be jogging. Right. You know. He's not. It's not. He's not foreign to the neighbor. It's like me and Coney Island, right? It's the neighborhood next door. It's not anything strange. So, uh, as he's jogging, neighborhood uh, Satilla Shores resident. Uh, Gregory McMichael and his son Travis uh, decide that he resembles a suspect in a series of break-ins. Okay. You want to go? But, you want to take a different route on this? <laughs> we, we, we can get into the details later, but this is this is how I'm going to yeah. start the story. Keep, keep going. Yeah, yeah. We'll hash it out in a minute. So Gregory and Travis arm themselves with a pistol and a shotgun and pursue Mr. Arbery in their pickup truck through the neighborhood because they have their suspicions. Um, according to uh, the elder Mr. McMichael, Gregory, he and his son told Mr. Arbery to stop. We want to talk to you. Mm. Um, so and and there and the McMichael's testimony is stop we want to talk to you and they tried to uh, you know uh, talk to him he attacked the younger Mr. Travis and that is when Arbery got shot and killed now that is the McMichael's story of how this whole thing went down. That's why I wanted to start with it. Because that's not fucking actually what happened, according to the video no. that surfaced on May 5th. According to basically everybody except for the McMichaels. Exactly. Uh, uh, the video, which is the original video, that is a 36-second clip, um, shows Mr. Arbery jogging, approaching a stationary pickup truck, where uh, I'm not sure who is standing in the flatbed of the truck, armed. Um, Travis. Yeah. <laughs> then that would be Gregory is shown with a pistol standing alongside. Uh, are they both in the flatbed? Must be, and they must. I haven't looked at the video because I, so I couldn't. Did you watch did, the video? Oh, okay. Yeah, I watched the video. Okay, I didn't. Um. I didn't want to. Yeah, it's hard. So what I ended up doing was I watched this New York Times 
kind of maybe like 10 minute mini doc about this case. And yeah, they I also want... included security footage and all sorts of stuff, but they had the video in there as well. I wanted to so, do that, but my, I've overused my New York Times subscription this month. <laughs> they won't let yeah, me look at it. I'm stuff. on a different computer and I think that's why, cause I'm on the computer that I don't really use that much anymore. Um, okay. So what happened is it okay if I go into more detail yeah, about please. Yes, right. please. Because this story is like it's unbelievable gotten, in the way that you want to bash your head against a wall. It's also really fucking convoluted. So please go into more detail. But that's like a good uh, summary. Um, and that's certainly what has been in the news until like recently is, mm-hmm. the, is that the uh, – uh, the McMichaels have been really controlling this message. All right. So for context, the McMichaels um, live in the neighborhood that Ahmad was jogging through. This neighborhood had had like a series of break-ins. The McMichaels had actually had like a gun stolen from them. The gun was sitting in an, their unlocked pickup. And I'm like, who keeps a pickup truck that has a gun in it unlocked? Right. You keep the gun anywhere that's unlocked that you don't have eyes on? Like, okay, fine. There's also no proof that there was actually a series of break-ins. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's the type of rumor that's going around the, the grapevine in the neighborhood. And then on top of that, uh, there is this house that's under construction. And when I say under construction, I mean, like, they have, like, some of those, like, wood... Um, like scaffolding up, but there's like no tiles. There's really no infrastructure. Yeah, it's, it's like a house frame. House. Yeah, it's just a house frame. Um, <clears throat> it's also the type of house that when you're 10, every single one of us in America has like wandered, wandered through. It's the, like, I remember being younger and my friend and her mom, we would drive around and just like hang out in these houses under construction, like on the weekends. It's just a thing. Anyway. uh, So the owner of this house has some of those like cameras that um, like game cameras that are like motion sensor, you know, because he knew people were like walking through and every time someone walks through, because he doesn't, he lives like out of state, he would call 911 and be like, hey, somebody's in my house, can you like go chase them off? All right. <clears throat> so between this house and the break-ins, the, um, the McMichaels were maybe looking for blood. All right. So Smells Ahmad, like it. Smells mm-hmm. like it. So, yeah. Ahmad is like an avid runner. I don't know if he regularly runs through this neighborhood or not, but this is like not unusual for him. It has One been of the reported. People it has been reported that he does run through there. Yeah, it's his regular route. Yeah. So um, the the house that had been um, that's under construction, they caught on security footage like several times. This black man in a white t-shirt just kind of walking through it like at weird times. So, you know, the Nick Michael see, oh, it's a black man wearing a white T-shirt. They all look the same. Must be him. Um, and also, like, I, so I watched the security footage from inside the house, and I watched the uh, footage of um, Ahmad. And, I mean, does it look like him? I mean, like, I guess sort of, but I think it would be hard to tell any sort of distinguishing feature from one of the, it's like the security camera is not great. So I read that the family for the security footage that was actually released on May 10th has agreed that it is him and that uh, he may have been stopping for water. And the homeowner also agrees that he could have probably just been stopping for water. So they agree that it was him the day that he was shot, not necessarily that it was him these past days. No, right. Just, uh, yes, the day he was shot. Yep. Because it's the same outfit, same whatever, right before the incident happened. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, as far as, like, the McMichael's whole argument, they're like, this is a citizen's arrest because this man's been breaking. And it's like, no, like, you don't know. You just don't. Um, 
Yeah, so that's kind of when everything really starts to go south is that the um, McMichaels uh, see Ahmad walking into this house, going around. So they, in a perfectly logical decision, jump into their trucks. There's actually two cars. They grab their guns. They get, both get into, I believe, separate cars. And they just chase after him. And I have to say, like, Ahmad, I am so impressed with your running because he is really able to pretty consistently, um, like, get around them for a while. And he must have been terrified. Like, can you imagine? Yeah. Like, you're being chased down in the streets. Yeah. This is some it's 1920s like bullshit. Yep. Yeah, you know, it really is. And it's like, okay, even if he had, like, broken into this house, like... Okay, let's... Nothing First of all, let's describe broken into. If it's an open lot, unfenced, and it's just a frame of a house, what are you actually breaking into? Yeah. But even if you're, like, trespassing on property, no one deserves for this to happen to them. That's a classic. Even if it were, like, a worst-case scenario and he's, like, stealing copper from it, which, by the way, he wasn't, but even if someone were to, you do not deserve to be followed around by some neighbor's truck while they have waving guns. No, you don't. Yeah. And also, he wasn't the only one that went in there. No, there were, like, kids, there was some mom, you know, like, they were all and, white. And the, only, the owner of the property didn't even really care. He just wanted to, like, as long as they're not taking anything or breaking anything, I don't really give two shits if they're there. That's fine. I don't care. I mean, he, like, did call the police after each break-in that he found security footage, but it seemed to be more just in case something went wrong. I'm sure that's more you for know. his life. Yeah, his homeowner's insurance. If he doesn't call the police, then he, and something actually does happen, then his insurance probably won't cover it. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. So Ahmad is like running while these two cars are chasing him, and eventually, what happens is the cars like corner him. He gets like stuck between both cars. Okay. And so he's like trying to dodge. And um, I believe that it is Gregory gets out of his car and he has a gun. And you actually see Ahmad go around the car and he is running away from Gregory and Gregory shoots him in the chest. And so Ahmad turns and he tries to grab the gun from Gregory because they're only like a few feet apart when he gets shot the first time. And so they start like wrestling over the gun Ahmad punches him, which, again, he's, like, shot, so that's probably an appropriate response. Uh, I mean... Ahmad gets shot three times close range in the chest before he finally collapses. Once with a shotgun, too, right? Yeah, I think so. And so... And this doesn't fucking jive at all with the 911 call. Oh, the 911 call is, Travis, is he so casual? Because, like, I heard the, re- the recording, you know, and, like, he's just like, yeah, you know, we're, we're like, pursuing this guy who broke into a blah, blah, and, you know, and, like, even while he's being, like, shot at, it's just, like, not. It's so fucked up. like, out. yeah, if you just come on over, we're holding him here. Yeah. We should also mention that the video was made by a third person who, uh, his name is William Bryan, and he was also following the McMichaels around who were following Mr. Arbery. Um, And in fact, I learned today, and I didn't know this, that Gregory McMichael pushed to have the video released because he thought it would make him and his son look better. Okay. I mean, it didn't, but also I'm happy that this became public. Uh, I am too. And let's be honest, there would have been a full on fucking cover up if it had, if this video hadn't gone public. So for sure. Um, okay. So maybe that second, maybe the McMichaels were just in that one car and that, um, the other guy was in the second, but there were two cars. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of confusing to see who's who. Cause again, it's like not great footage. It's not um, great footage. Right. Not so, know. you know, know, like the 911 call is made, the police arrive 
Uh, they're like, yeah, you know, like, shot him to death. Uh, and then this is the part that blows my mind. They take statements from the Michaels, McMichaels, and then let them go. Yeah, because the fucking prosecutor didn't think it was prosecuted. You couldn't prosecute it. It was more of a okay. self-defense thing. So this is where things get complicated. Okay, so one, like, it was not self-defense. Like, he, like... He, Ahmad was like not posing a threat. Uh, but then also, Gregory McMichael is a former detective for the Glynn County Police Department. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, part of why everything got really hinky after this. <laughs> hinky is an understatement. Like, I was. I was like picking my like jaw up off the floor. Do you want to run through the prosecutorial misconduct? Okay, well, the first prosecutor actually recused herself, but then this other guy came up. His name is. Hang on, I'll find it. Um, Barnhill. Um, first, I would also like to cover what the uh, Citizens Arrest Law in Georgia actually is. Uh, which. It says that an individual can detain someone they've seen committing a serious crime. And if the suspect tries to escape, that doesn't mean you can use deadly force to carry out the citizen's arrest. Yeah. That's limited to self-defense or what most of us understand now is stand your ground laws. Um, But that you would have to either fear for your life, which I don't know how you would do that facing an unarmed man. Also, you're not protecting your own property. Mm-hmm. Right? So, okay. Let's just move on from that. Um, uh, originally, this pros- the, so the second prosecutor uh, argued that two white men were legally justified in chasing down and killing him. Um, he's been at the center of aggressive and flawed prosecutions of at least two black women in recent years. Mm-hmm. One of which was he aggressively prosecuted for helping people vote. Yeah. And another one uh, was wrongfully imprisoned for over a decade at a murder conviction that was later discredited by forensic evidence. Mm. Yeah. And this is just the two that were reported in the Guardian article that I read. And, and this is George E. Barnhill? George right? E. Barnhill. Yep, George E. Barnhill. Yeah. Uh, he's been a district attorney. He's been in the district attorney's office since 1983. He's now the district attorney for Waycross Judicial District in southeast Georgia. And he advised the police in April that the McMichaels should not be charged over the death, suggesting that the two men had attempted to stop and hold the criminal suspect before fatally shooting him. Yeah, like, he really kind of goes the extra mile by writing, he wrote, like, a letter to the police department saying that their actions were lawful. Mm-hmm. But then also, like, even if it were the police arresting him for some sort of perceived wrongdoing, it, like, still would not have been justified. They wouldn't have gunned him down in the afternoon for jogging. Well. They might have stopped him. They might have roughed him up a little bit and thrown him in a car. Hopefully. I don't know. I would like to think that no police officer would shoot somebody from, for jogging. But then again, you know, like, Gregory McMichael was a det- had been a detective. Well, you know? an investigator, not really a detective. Yeah, but, I mean, like, still, it's like he worked at the police department. He still had to go through a lot of that training. I mean, I guess we'll get to that later. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You and I can do a much better job, girl. Let's just get our, yeah, no. Mm -mm. I'm telling you, murderinos across the country could have done a much better job than this. Yeah, like, and, and then also, it's like, I've seen citizens, I've seen videos of citizens arrest before. Every now and then, someone will citizens arrest somebody who's um, <clears throat> doing something bad on the subway. You know, mm-hmm. it does not look like that. But no, it does not it look like that video. No. So anyway, 
Um, but I do want to mention um, Jackie Johnson, who's the district attorney who recused herself before Barnhill. Um, because, again, McMichael had been like this investigator, and he uh, worked both in her office and with the police department. So to some degree, it does feel like a little bit justified that prosecutors would be like, no, I personally know the guy. I don't think that I can be fully impartial. You know, like that's sure. respectable. So why, did, why didn't Barnhill take the lead then? And be like, you know, Barnhill, what? he knew him too, I think. Well, he had to if he worked in the prosecutor's yeah. office as an investigator. But then it's also like Barnhill did not need to write that letter to the police. And then also Jackie Johnson, the police say um, that uh, she directed the police to not arrest McMichael mm-hmm. after the incident. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, the, the, this just, like, reeks of favoritism and, you know. Racism? <laughs> Racism. Absolutely. Yeah. Reeks to that. Yep. Like, I don't think this would have happened if um, Ahmad was white. And I also don't think that um, the McMichaels, I'd like to think, that the Michaels would have been arrested sooner if they had not been known to the prosecutors. No, I don't think so. I don't think that, I don't think the latter at all. I think any two white men could have. Could have gone to the Yeah. I. It's just so frustrating. It's like, okay, so Megan and we're both white. Mm-hmm. And I, I. And women. So, you know, like. We're afforded a number of privileges in the eyes of law enforcement because we're white sure. women. But it's just so. Um, God, I may need to pour another drink before this episode is over. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, we will never fear for our lives in the same way that a black, a black man who jogs is now going to fear for his life in America. And it's like. Um, it's unfortunate to say this, but I know so many people who who own guns, who, mm-hmm. um, it's like, I feel like I probably, I don't want to, of course I want to give my friends a benefit out and not, but I, it, the McMichaels could be my neighbors for all I know, you know? Yeah. Like, we probably all do know people who are, who could have acted that way, and... I, uh, the people that I know that own guns, I know are not going to go chase a jogger down as a potential burglar. They'll call 911 and be like, hey, we've had a series of break-ins, and there's this guy walking around our neighborhood. Maybe you should come and check it out. I mean, I would like to think that, too, but I'm not entirely sure that the McMichaels' neighbors or family would have necessarily suspected that they would do something like this either. I don't know. It just seems so extreme, but at the same time, so horribly ordinary. Horribly ordinary, and and it's also that sort You're just your comments sort of uh, explain the division in the community in Brunswick, Georgia. There's mm-hmm. a lot of the community that actually believe the McMichael story and that they're being unfairly prosecuted. And I just, um, like, one of the reasons why I think both of us wanted to put this on the show today, even though we've been trying to do lighter topics, is just because I think every person in the United States, every, like, white person for sure, like, we need to step up. You know, like, bring awareness, but then also just try to, like, talk to people about this and do as much as we can to make sure that this never happens again. I I, Also, you know, we have to let our neighbors know that we're aware of this shitty behavior and that we don't agree with it. Yeah. Just as outraged as the next person, or as as the the black community is. And, you know, I can't even, there's no way I can say that I am... I understand what it is to live with that kind of fear. I don't. I don't. 
that is that is the you know that is what my skin provides me i don't fucking like it i don't like it that we're regressing as a society i don't like it yeah it's getting worse and then on top of all of it because we've got these governors going yeah go ahead because people refuse to fucking stay home under covid now the police departments across the country have carte blanche to enforce social distancing rules too Mm -hmm. which is another huge problem yeah well why don't we talk about that because i actually have some stuff on um police misconduct uh, particularly towards black people um under COVID-19. Uh, th- let's talk about, you can leave that discussion. I just only, the only thing I wanted to mention is that I did read some stats that uh, the NYPD is basically enforcing it on mostly black and brown people when they're not actually the ones breaking the rules. Because if you look at those pictures of Hudson Park two weeks ago, I didn't see a single brown person at that park breaking the rules. Didn't. Oh, did you see how they're plo- they're closing parks in like the Bronx and um, Harlem, but they're keeping the parks near white in more white neighborhoods open? Mm-hmm. It did. Yeah. So one thing I read also today is that like uh, this was I think it was two weeks ago. Um, this very same moment that police officers in the predominantly white West Village where crowds were gathering, were handing out masks. Police officers were taking down and beating a black man who just left a deli with his companion for not properly socially distancing. And then when they beat him, they sat on his head for a minute. Yeah, that, I watched that. I watched a lot of videos today about police brutality. That one was pretty brutal, too. Like, um, it's like these plainclothes police officers... They just, like, went nuts. It's mm-hmm. so... The way that it escalated so quickly. So you have this, like, this like man and his partner. She's, like, walking a little bit behind him. And the police just kind of, like, grab him. And, yeah. like, cram him to the ground. And then there's this other guy. So there's someone filming. And then there's, like, um, a fourth person. And then the police turn to this fourth person. And they one of the officers grabs him, you know, like... Sucker punches him and slams him to the ground, too. Yeah. Yep. And it is so um, just vicious. And, and then, yeah, it's kind of like, okay, so they're not social distancing. Okay. But then also, you know, like. You don't know if these people. Not, this yeah. Woman, like with this. This man and woman could be living at home together for months. Like they don't have to social distance because they've been quarantining together for months. But then also, it's like a block away, there are just hordes of people who are being so much more unsafe. I know. Like, my friend, my my gay husband lives in the middle of the heart of the East Village, and he's like, people are fucking losing their minds here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I I read that, like, this past Friday, there were, like, buskers in front of a bar, and people had, like, a block party. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, these are like the in- East Village trust fundy NYU kids. Like, yeah, these aren't, you know, real East Village denizens. These are people that just uh, talk about yeah. privilege. <laughs> so yes, and it's like um, you just have seen this like over and over again. Like um, the NYPD's uh, data shows that. Uh, uh, black and Latinx people have been summoned and arrested far more often than any other group um, for, uh, I think, social distancing and mandatory face covering related. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. So how do you think that these black and brown people feel about walking around with a face covering, too? Oh, <laughs> I have that. <laughs> Let's talk about um, that for a second, too. Yeah. I think it must be pretty fucking scary. I know. It's pretty damned if you do, damned if you don't. And it's like, okay, so I'm immunocompromised. I 
really, really appreciate that everyone is wearing masks to protect people like me, protect our old people. Um, I silently judge people who do not wear face masks sometimes. Uh, but also, you're nice you know, like, huh? <laughs> yeah, I don't silently judge anybody. <laughs> but then also, it's kind of like, um, it must be very frightening for like years and years and years. You have to be so careful, like, um, like especially black men, to like not wear a bandana because what if people are scared of you and all this stuff and like constant, constantly trying to like minimize the quote threat that you are exhuming or whatever. And then now everyone's telling you to wear a mask. Um, I I don't feel like I don't. It's it's not right that people. That that you have to choose between um, being protected from COVID nineteen and being protected from racist white people. Well, that's not even happening, right? I mean, because the the police department is kind of acting like racist white people. Yeah. Um, did you have any examples that you wanted to mention or? Um, well, I mentioned the one. I, the couple of incidents that I dove into, I, of course, I was not paying too much attention. There were two fatal shootings in Indianapolis. Those were crimes in the process and the cops shot them. Two black, young black men. Yeah. And then I was fascinated by that story about the nurse who was shot in her own house. But that was. Yeah. Um, pre-lockdown, I think, in her territory, so I didn't dive too much into it. Yeah, that one was super irritating where the police um, went to the wrong house, right? Yeah, they went to go serve a drug warrant for a guy that no longer lived there, you know, Mm -hmm. and they gunned her down in her own house. A nurse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, I have a doctor that got um, arrested for under face covering issues did you tell me about it yeah hold on i'm trying to find it i have so many of these it's really sickening how many of these i have i can tell you about uh, uh barnhill's previous prosecution zealous prosecutions of this uh-huh. woman who got ultimately released oh, and he's still uh-huh. he's still considering prosecuting her even though dna exonerated her I don't actually have any notes for this. Oh, here it is. Do you want me to talk about the doctor who got arrested for... Yeah, talk about it. All right. So, as we were just talking about, there's, like, a lot of black people who are being arrested for wearing face masks. And then Mm -hmm. a couple people who are arrested for not wearing one. So, again, it's just cops hate black people. All right. uh, So, in a video that took place in April in Miami... um, so neighbors had been complaining about this man dumping trash in a yard. And so, like, that's, like, why the police were called out. Now, this man is dumping medical supplies to treat homeless people in his front yard, which is quite different from. That's very different. That's very different. His front yard. And it's, like, it's not even that he's, like, dumping. It's, like, so what, so this doctor affiliated with a local hospital has been driving around to homeless communities um, providing testing and tents to sick homeless people. And so he has all these, like, tents in the back of his van that he's then putting on his front yard, and he's just, like, loading and unloading, like, boxes and stuff. All right, so he's also wearing a mask. And um, the officer who is unmasked uh, is called and is, like, talking to him, getting really aggressive. This doctor is super, like, cool as a cucumber. Like, he's, he has, like, a box in his hand. And he just puts his hand behind his back. And he's like, I guess you're arresting me now. Like, cool, I guess. And it looks like his daughter runs out of the house. And she's like, no, this is, this is my dad. He's a doctor. Like, this is what he's doing. And then the officer does eventually, like, let him go. But, like, that is, like, just so gross. 
And then also very um, small minded and not asking any questions. Just ask them. Yeah. Just ask like, them some what questions. You're doing. Like, oh, this is my front yard. I'm unloading my trucks. Yeah. Why do you have these medical supplies? I'm a doctor. Hey. <laughs> yeah. It's like we clap for them every night and then something like this happens. Um, also, in early March, a police officer followed two black men who were wearing surgical masks um, into a Walmart and instructed them that there was a city ordinance that prevented people from wearing masks in public. Um, the men in the video were like, oh, what about all these other people in Walmart wearing masks? And the police said, well, you're acting suspicious. That's called, according to the officer, being black, apparently. Yeah. And escorted them out of Walmart. And um, these two guys in the video, uh, so you know that there's like the, like, thank you for shopping at Walmart person. Uh, they're like talking to her and they're like, this is fucked up. And the woman's like, yep, it is. You know, like the other people in the store were like. That's it? That's all she had to say? How well, is she like a 105-year-old? She like talked to for a little bit and she's like, that's not right. You know, that's not right. Um. And then there's, like, this other woman in the YouTube video who, so the officer is, like, giving these guys a hard time and trying to sh- shoot them out of the store. This woman, like, kind of, like, interrupts the cop and starts, like, asking him a bunch of questions. And so he stops and starts talking to her. And the other guys, they're still leaving, but they're, um, like, not being bothered by the cop anymore. And there's some YouTube commenters who are speculating that she might have done that on purpose so that the officer will get some distance and hopefully leave them alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so these are both examples of people wearing masks, and then um, that's. I mean, that's so goddamn infuriating. I mean, it's you. It's so obvious. You just clearly racially profiled these people. Yeah, and it's like even if it was a bandana, this would not be acceptable. But like these guys are wearing like blue medical mask like you can't even like it doesn't like matter what what they do they're going to be targeted (sighs) yeah um now this is interesting um i read it online um there's this article by vox i believe it was uh where they enter they interviewed cammy chavis cammy chavis who's a criminal justice expert um, who said that they think one of the reasons uh, why we might even see, like, an increase in police violence during police brutality uh, during COVID-19 is that um, at least the NYPD um, have about, like, a 20% infection rate. And so they're super anxious. Morale is low. Now, they're professionals, and they are trained to act appropriately in stressful situations, so that's no excuse um, but Travis thinks that um, they might be more prone to lash out and escalate situations right now because mm-hmm. of like, the stress. No, it really just goes back to the training and allowing these people to openly address mental health issues. For sure. In- instead of instead of telling your crew that you're weak if you can't handle the stress, which is a lot of police departments do that. It's, it's a, a stigmatized thing. This is not the time for that. Not at all, no. Oh, and then um, in somewhat better news, um, six U.S. senators, including Kamala Harris and Cory Booker, uh, sent a letter to the Department of Justice and the FBI demanding um, increased anti-bias training for police during coronavirus um, for these exact reasons. You know, for you the fact that more people that, profiled. Do you actually think that Bill Barr will do that? It's nice to know that there's political pressure, however no, that part I agree with, but I think it's... But no, I don't. Not under this president. 
And I mean, even if there was a push in police departments to like add more training, was it going to be like a two hour video that they like don't pay attention to? Yeah. No. Is that cat standing on your back? No. She's on the back of my chair. (laughs) Although she has done that. She'll perch on my shoulder once in a while. That's slow. Sorry, I, like, got distracted and did a levity. That cat really wanted to be on our show. She just walked across your your mic and computer. Mm -hmm. I know. This is what Um, it's like. She does that when I work every day, too. She wants to be helpful. Such a cutie. Hi, honey. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Trying to lick your remote. I mean, could you sit down? Thanks. Thank you. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I have, uh, you know, not that, I'm, I, we're also not saying that all police are racist or bad. Um, there is, get out of my cocktail, please. There's institutionalized racism that is clearly, dem- like, rearing its ugly head. And, um, there and part of that is when you have leadership in the country who feeds on people's fears and racist views and basically rubber stamps it as okay and then we uh, when then we have to do this uh, pandemic problem it was there was no way it was going to get better it's only going to get worse. And yeah. And it's still only going to get worse. Yeah, for sure. Until uh, we maybe hold an election in November. You know, I was thinking about that, but it's not just the presidential elections. It's no. a down ballot. You know, you can, some places you vote for your judges, you vote for your sheriff. Attorney generals. Yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely, um, like action that you can take. I know back in 2018, we were talking about the blue wave. We really need a blue tsunami. Like it just needs to, this all needs to change. So my mom, we were talking right before we got on the phone uh, today and I told her what we were talking about and she went off on Mitch McConnell because he, uh, Obama had made some comments about the response to the pandemic and Mitch McConnell said, um, Obama needs to shut up. And my mom went into this whole tirade about how that's very Southern white boy response of him. And the, the, the boy needs to sit down and shut up. She was on a, Total tirade. Glad we took that extra half hour before we did this. Yeah. Well, and it's not as if Trump isn't bashing Obama. No, I know. That's the only thing I can focus on. Obamagate, girl? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then did you see how they're like the... You know, Obama never had a plan for the pandemic. He left us with nothing. And then, like, 24 hours later, like, oh, we found it. Isn't that binder? Yeah, we, well, you know, most of us in the general public who follow politics knew it was there that Trump canceled it in 2018. So. Well, and it's also, it's like, I think every president prior to Trump has had a plan for a pandemic. Like... I don't, well, I don't, as a country, I don't think Bush did, but also Bush didn't have to deal with Ebola and Zika and all these other things. Do you think that he's going to get reelected? I'm starting to think that he might, I don't think Joe Biden is doing a very good job at being a person. Well, look, uh, uh, Biden is the one that will be able to get Republicans across the aisle. And there's a lot of Republicans that are already fleeing the ticket, at least at top. 
not across the board. It's it's definitely possible. The Obamagate thing is like a Hail Mary pass to his constituents not to leave him because they will believe anything. And I think now, Joe Biden or sorry, I didn't mean to No, I know, but he like you know, he did this speech the other day where he was like, you know, he he didn't, he didn't tell us what Obamagate was. He knew it was the worst crime in political history. And he demanded that uh, sit in front of the Senate to testify. And then when Lindsey Graham was asked by a reporter if that was going to happen, Lindsey Graham says, maybe you should just be careful what you wish for. I don't think it's a good idea. Mm. I just, uh, I think that Joe Biden is becoming very polarizing for people on the left, though, uh, especially with the um, sexual assault allegations. And Joe Biden came out and said, listen, if you believe her, then you should not vote for me. And a lot of people believe her. I personally believe her. And uh, it's just like, well, you did say, like, it's it, it feels gross to vote for Joe Biden, but it also feels gross not to. Yeah, I mean, well, are you going to vote for him or are you going to vote for grab him by the pussy guy? Again. Yeah. And I think that's that's it. I don't know if I believe her or not. I feel like there's been some incendiary reporting on her. And I feel like, yeah, why the fuck now of all times when he's now like the saving Democratic candidate of our country? Although I am always inclined to believe the woman, I've I don't want to I like I it's very, it's a very, I'm mean, very conflicted by the whole thing. I want, I really want to believe her. I but. definitely just always, I will just, I've always believed the woman until really, really proven otherwise. Um, and Joe Biden does come across as kind of creepy. He's a total creep. Totally. He's touchy and so. he's in your face. He's very old fashioned. He's a touch like the way he fucking handled the Anita Hill trial. Like, come on. I get yeah. it. I totally get it. Um, and then as far as like the why now, I mean it's hard to say. Why not when he was running you know, why not when he was appointed VP? Well, I don't think that it would have been very receptive. It's also it also could be that maybe I mean, I think that there's, like, so many reasons I would go into something like this, including maybe not wanting to mar Obama. Um, and people talk about, like, oh, well, the Obamas probably did a really good job vetting it. And I'm like, I'm not sure if, like, until, like, the Me Too movement, anyone was being overly vetted for these things because there are, like, there have definitely been dominoes that fell on the left as much as on the right. You no, know? Yeah, that's true. So That is true. But, again, the timing seems, I'm, you know, I'm a very cynical bitch and I'm old. I'll be 50 next year. So I'm a suspicious Aloysius. Uh, <laughs> I'll be fucking 50. I'll be 49 next month, so I'll have to have a birthday toast. Um, but uh, I do question the timing. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of strange things happen in politics in my time paying attention to it. Uh, I don't know how the fuck we got way off topic here either, but we did. Oh, yeah, because we're trying to figure out, like, if things are ever going to be better in our country. Also, there's a great new documentary on Netflix called Trial by Media. Yeah. It's really really good. The first one was um, the... Uh, Jenny Jones trial. Not familiar with that. Where she had a uh, uh, one of those. She you know she was one of those like weird shock value talk shows back in the nineties. Oh. And she had a she had a gay guy on, and then her producers lured this guy that he had a crush on and said, "You you, you have a secret I crush, man or woman?" Yeah, okay, he killed him, right? Yeah. So that was the first one, and the second episode was about Amadou Diallo, which was really fascinating. Uh, it was about race relations and how the police, New York uh, Police Department, shot him 
unarmed man on his stairwell 41 times. How does a, how do you shoot someone oh, 41 times? I heard about that too. So I was thinking about that last night. I was thinking about our show and I was just like, fuck, it's been happening a really long time. It's been happening ever since forever. Yep. <laughs> yep. Since slaves are brought to America. Yeah. been going on. Yep. I don't know. I'd like to think that we can get better, but it's going to be... I'm reading a book book called Hood Feminism, which is amazing, and everyone should read it. Ooh, I'll put it um, on the list. Yeah, no, it's, like, fantastic. And it's um, about how feminism is leaving black women behind. And it is, like, super concrete um, in terms of kind of call to action and, like, here's things you should be thinking about. You know, okay. and it like really goes into especially how um, like poor black women are being completely left out of so many important conversations. Um, but it's also kind of like it shows how much work still needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and in particularly, it's like I think it's easy for for us as like for me as like a white person to kind of like tuck my hunt my hands under my ass and just be like I don't know I try not to be racist and that's that but no there's like things that we can can and should be doing actively yeah yeah even now when we're all at home mm-hmm, for sure I will put it on my list of things to read I'm looking for a new yeah, book. Yeah, it's a cool book. I, I look forward to talking to you about it. Okay. <laughs> Off air, probably. Probably. Maybe not. I don't know. Like. I was going to say, the book certainly deserves its own podcast, <laughs> but I think that the author is probably the better person for it. Okay, darling. Thank you so much for uh, listening to another episode of Crime Talk BK. Please join us uh, next Saturday from 11 a.m. to noon. Don't catch you slipping, though. Don't catch you slipping, though. Look what I'm whipping up. This is America. Don't catch you slipping up. Don't catch you slipping up. Look what I'm whipping up. This is America. Don't catch you slipping up. Look how I'm living up. Police be tripping up. Yeah, this is America. Guns in my area. I got the strap. I gotta carry them. Yeah, yeah, I'ma go into this. Yeah, yeah, this is Gorilla. Yeah, yeah, I'ma go get the bag. Yeah, yeah, or I'ma get the pad. Yeah, yeah, I'm so cold like, yeah. Yeah, I'm so dull like, yeah. We gon' blow like, yeah. Look how I'm geeking up. I'm so pretty. I'm on Gucci. I'm so pretty. I'm on Giddy. Watch me move. This is Sally. That's a tool. On my Kodak. Black. Ooh, know that. Follow and listen. You, you motherfuckers owe me.